0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Yes! Now live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You-
0: Listening to
2: Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. All right, NFL fans, I want you to remember that Jerry Jones could have easily kept Amari Cooper when you're watching the game on Sunday afternoon, Cowboys 49ers. Who's the best uh, offensive skill player outside of quarterback position? Obviously, we know what the deal is there, but uh, is it Debo?
1: Are you going to go with C.D.? You mean just in that game? Just in? Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard are the four that come to mind. I
2: go Debo. As far as what what all can you do, both from the line of scrimmage and catching
1: the football, you know that's an interesting one too because I don't know how he De- – Debo Samuel doesn't want to play running back, right? It shortens your career to take those shots. Sure it does. I mean, he missed time this year. Um, it'd be interesting well, to see. He took a shot this year when he missed time that
2: we weren't sure he was coming back. That's what
1: I'm saying. I thought his knee broke. You know, basically. Me too.
2: That thing was. Um, that's incredible that he was back in. Whatever three three was, weeks 14, or 21 like 21 days? Yeah,
1: it was crazy. Um, out of
2: bounds. Hold on. It's a Tito's Thursday. Out <laughs> of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Tito's Thursday. Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Uh, bone-in ribeye, side of scallops, and a uh, Tito's and soda and a lemon. Kesslerprime.com. Now, um, I, I think I go Debo as far as I get it uh what what all he can do and golly the way he's built.
1: Good hell. DK Metcalf torched this 49ers defense in week one. Now it didn't matter because Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense just obliterated the, yeah. the Seattle defense.
2: D- DK did what he wanted last think weekend.
1: He had like one forty five and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean that's so CeeDee Geno missed him
2: on a yeah on a wide-open play. C.D.
1: Lamb can get open against this 49ers defense. As much as they've been good this year, it, they're not perfect. So I think I think this is going to be a battle to end the divisional round.
2: I hope you're right. I'm not convinced, but I hope you're right. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Um. So Blake is playing in another disc golf tournament. Are you going to Start this weekend?
1: I am. I have a... Uh, a tournament with uh disc in that up in Starville and Andy Hunt, our good friend. Uh, I know Andy. going to, going to do guy. a little tournament up there. It's called the lakeside birdie bash. So
2: lakeside birdie bash. Yeah.
1: So lakesides, the course and then obviously birdie bash. Cause you're going to get a lot of birdies.
2: Hey, it, what is, is the
1: official shoe of disc golf like Asics? Uh, that's not a bad one. No, it's most people wear hiking shoes. No, they don't. Yeah, you do because... Shoes or boots? Well, boots, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they are shoes. But yeah, I wear like... You see these? They're like high-top hiking boots, I guess. Okay. Um, They're not like heavy or anything, but what you need is grip. Oh, you need grip? Well, because if it's wet or, you know, depending on what... you Sometimes you're throwing out of unruly surfaces. Plenty of people play with tennis shoes, but you just got to have good footing. I don't play with tennis shoes, but
2: but if you did, wouldn't you see Asics
1: as like a perfect sponsor for disc golf? Yeah, uh, that's not bad. I feel like Asics because, and I've owned a pair. They're running shoes more. Like you got to have a rug, you need something that's rugged that holds up in the, you know, you're tramping through the woods or like you may have to get in you know in the water a little bit. You may
2: have to like dodge a rattlesnake.
1: You don't you don't ever know. Okay, you don't ever know. That's so you've that's got a, a disc one.
2: golf tournament in Start Yeah. Yeah. And you're going up to play a practice round on Friday.
1: Yeah, tomorrow we'll do the show. Oh, yeah, tomorrow's I'll leave I'll leave after the show and and, and, me and tell my me buddy. what
2: that consists of. Do you? Do you? Is it serious? Yeah, yeah. So it's. Uh, do y'all drink craft beer on the on the? Uh,
1: not during a tournament, okay. Do people drink beer or other drinks on the course? Yeah, I, it's yes, just like anything. I mean, I've shared that story in college. Disc golf was not a competitive thing. It was like a way for us to waste four hours of a day without spending a lot of money. Right. So we would go get a six-pack of Tallboys. Was
2: there a good course in Baton Rouge when you were at LSU? I didn't
1: play. There are courses down there. I didn't play disc golf until I got to state. It wasn't, like, growing up, this was not a People didn't play disc golf. No, like, I
2: know. It was called something else. Um, it was Frisbee golf yeah, frisbee for a golf long time. Yeah, Frisbee golf when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: stopped in, like, the... Late nineties, early two thousands, it switched to the cool name of disc golf. See, I but, can
2: see like New Belgium Fat Tire. Yes, or or like I would think Matty J and Fertile Ground Brewery will because they're savvy as all. Well, get they out. do
1: putts and pints there,
2: right? But I would yeah. think that they're going to own a tournament soon, and and they're just going to decide. Not only are we going to own a tournament, we're going to make it unbelievable yeah. I, because. Every time I go there, they're packed.
1: I, they're doing insane,
2: yeah, numbers.
1: No, they they're doing. I think Tito's probably has been, has probably done some stuff. The difference is What's oh, a Tito's Thursday. The do you di- want
2: me to get you a sponsorship through Tito's?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's do it. Uh, I'll wear their stuff. Right. I'll everywhere.
2: call. I'll call uh, Jay Money and Bobby C. Are the two guys that I deal I'm, with out in New Orleans, and
1: I'm cheap. Dude, it's not it's not gonna cost a lot for me. Okay. Just some gear, some, some entry fee money and and some traveling money to, to go to these tournaments and Tito's. Do people Tito's.
2: when it gets warmer when you're doing in disc golf tournaments, do people play in sleeveless shirts?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I know you were in Pearl, here, so that's the
2: capital, but but that it was cold last year. Here's weekend. what you gotta
1: think all right, here's I want you to, to think about it like this. Everything that can happen in ball golf, in theory, can happen in in disc golf. So you have you have pro golfers and you have the weekend golfers, right? Okay, yeah. The pro golfers when they go to a tournament wear appropriate. They clothing. wear
2: awesome stuff,
1: and, but it's appropriate, right? It's yeah. not sleeveless. Peter Millar, it's not,
2: Nike, Adidas. They're not wearing
1: cut off shorts, right? Okay, yeah. but if you go to the you know Canton Country Taylor Club Raid. on Saturday. You might see a dude in jorts and a sleeveless sure. shirt. Okay. It's the same in disc golf. Okay. If you go to the course tomorrow with me, are is there someone that could be in sleeveless shorts and jorts 1,000%?
2: Are there any preppies,
1: though? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? I mean...
2: like I, I know you were like... You know, the, the pro golfers look really good now. Like, the yes. gear today, you know, 1990 PGA Tour Correct. was a disaster. Correct. Uh, Hell, nineteen ninety. I mean, did you see what John Daly was wearing when he won the British Open? Yeah, he looking amazing. Hell. Yeah, I mean that sent us back a, a three decades. Yeah. All right. So, I mean the the first guy with some flair, and even any kind of fashion game, was probably Greg Norman. Now he's hated by everybody, and I anyway. That's a whole other discussion. This golf slash disc golf discussion is brought to you by our friends at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Blake. Um, speaking of Drago's is now open for lunch. Ooh, smash some charbroiled oysters and gumbo. Drago's is now open for lunch again. Blake, you have people that are like decked out in some cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. So they have gear. There are pro players. See, I can't see somebody in a cool looking golf shirt. Well, it's most of them are not collared
1: shirts they're not collared shirts. oh they're
2: just a the cool looking uh moisture wiki Think soccer
1: jersey kind of yeah almost. a little bit more soccer jersey so
2: rugby soccer style stuff yeah
1: no there are collared shirts there are polos that are same so like you you know you everything that you could wear for regular golf in theory you can wear for disc golf and, but, and but this, not that
2: many guys are in a golf shirt in a
1: the pros in a golf vest the, not a vest no the pros but because there's still some good golf vests used to look like yeah. dog yeah. poo poo when it's cold they do but the, su- the the season for disc golf it's like
2: wearing you know the cotton argyle sweater vest yeah. in 1982 6 and 91 yeah at, the at the,
1: the typical attire for a pro disc golfer is going to be what you see at the PGA tour some type of athletic pants or shorts and okay. and usually a either Rugby soccer style jersey if they have a team name or they'll have a collared shirt with their team logo. Are
2: patches really a big thing, like as many patches as you can put on your on, shirt? On backpacks, not on, uh, on the on the disc golf bag, not mean, on the is shirt. Ba- is backpack the number one accessory you have to have to play disc golf? Well, how
1: else are you going to carry your disc? I don't know. I used to carry them in the grocery sack from the gas station that I had my tall boys in. Oh, uh, That's awesome. But I don't think they'd like that if I went and did that at a tournament.
2: How many people are out of shape compared to in shape?
1: More, Way uh, more out of shape? That's a great question. I don't know. That's a great question.
2: Steve Palazzolo at 8.30, Tom Bill at 9.30. Good morning. Welcome in on a Tito's Thursday.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
2: Blake, real quick, Steve Palazzolo yeah. coming up next at 8 30 on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys against Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers.
1: Brock Purdy, baby.
2: Brock. Brock Purdy was a hell of a football player in college. At Iowa State, a lot like Dak, you know, a team that was disadvantage, you know, talent disadvantage on the field, played a ton, started four years, all that. Uh for whatever reason he slipped. Mr. Irrelevant in the draft and Kyle Shanahan has had to throw him into the mix after Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo go down and they've won 11 in a row
1: isn't that insane in the NFL yeah, Purdy's 6-0 and yeah has yet to lose as a starter now the teams he's beaten have a 42% win percentage so do with that what you will it's just a fact but
2: okay Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Ricks Pro Truck in Flowood. Grab your Ram truck or Jeep Wrangler from Mack Hike in Flowood. Just go right down the road. Accessorize it bumper to bumper at RPT in Flowood. RicksProtruck.com It's a Tito's Thursday. And uh, Blake said that he would be good if, if Tito's sponsored his disc golf. Well, I guess you you just yeah. solely, or do you well, always I have, have a team. partner? No,
1: so I, most of the tournaments are solo, but I, I do have a group. <laughs> this is funny. Um, I can't believe we're going down this road. Uh, I have a team that we created last year called 3-Putt Disc Golf, which is pretty funny because 3-Putt, you know, we're not yeah. any good. Um, so it's me and two other guys. So
2: 3-Putt okay, Disc Golf.
1: Yeah, it's just a joke, but it's like what we call our team name when we play doubles tournaments. It's called 3-Putt.
2: And you played doubles last weekend yeah. but you're solo this weekend. Yeah. There's pro so like what's the ratio of single tournaments 80%, to
1: double? 80 80% are singles. Okay. Yeah. Doubles is something that's fun. It's not like think tennis, right? The real, the real sport is solo tennis, no right? No doubt. I mean, but when you're talking is, about Nadal and Federer, and, it's solos, yeah, correct? Even yeah. Venus and Serena, you're talking about solos, yeah, but it's even co- though
2: they were great together, correct? I get it. It's okay. still
1: cool to win doubles, sure. right? Like it's not a so that's the thing. It's like we like to play doubles because it's fun having a teammate. Um, it's a different atmosphere, but it, single tournaments are where the like that's where you want to win really.
2: Uh, yeah, like yeah. Okay, all right. So real quick. Percentage of, of people that are somewhat in shape to not in shape on that, the disc. Golf I'd course. say,
1: or do you consider me in shape? No. Okay. That's unfortunate. Do you consider yourself in shape? I'm a shape. Um, I mean, I'm in, I would think I'm probably average. I think I'm better than the average American male that's my age. Because the average American male is not even out walking the amount of miles I walk every week. That's accurate. They're not. Most people just sit at their desk and do nothing, and then go okay, home and do okay, nothing. Okay, but
2: but you you don't play. Uh, it's fifty two weeks in a year.
1: Correct. I played a hundred and like forty rounds last year out of three hundred sixty five days. All right, in your hundred and forty
2: round, that's pretty good.
1: And that's because fall we basically I basically don't pull. I didn't play during football season because of just being busy and stuff.
2: What? What?
1: How many miles do you average per round? Ooh, it would depend on the course, but like at these local ones, uh, probably three to five somewhere in there, depending on uh, what it is. That's not bad. Yeah. Like Saturday, we walked like. I would think like,
2: that you would look in better shape if you did 140 rounds at three to five miles no, per I mean, round.
1: I think I'm, I'm what we call a sleeper build. Got it. Um, Because I am in shape. You just don't realize it. Got it. How many guys are like, you know how we talk about pork chop, thick, hardy guys? There's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty. Uh, It's a sport that's made up. So it's just like regular golf. If you're naturally wiry and lanky, you're better at this than because the ability to like whip, you know, that pendulum movement of like you get more speed. Just like with a a golf swing, like you get more speed when you're a little bit lankier because you can whip it through. The zone faster. It's the same with disc golf. Whip it through. This yeah. is going to be great. I think this is like when Jake, and I, when Jake Mangum and I were going over his hitting techniques and I was giving him pointers, this is right. the same kind of thing. I was like, you really got to whip it through the zone. Whip it
2: through. <laughs> that could
1: be the slogan for a disc golf
2: yeah. circuit. Uh, I like it.
1: League. I'm working with a couple of people right now to try to set up for next year a tour series. So you know how PDGA like our PGA golf and like NASCAR has the Sprint Cup, yeah. And PGA has the FedEx Cup, yeah. Well, we I've floated this idea that we need to do this for disc golf, where you have like a a series for the year where you accrue points based on what you do, and at the end there's a championship, and so you're rewarded for. Playing in the series as the year goes on. That makes sense. It, right. And then the final is like the you know, the masters, the PGA championship, whatever yeah. you want to do. And so that way you have a final championship like that you Super have Bowl. you have to qualify for based on how well you perform over the course of the year. And so there's a qualification to get into it, and it makes it a little bit more prestigious, it makes it more fun. Help grow the game forward, man.
2: Uh, on our Ag Up equipment text line, an unnamed texter says, I admire Blake's ability to describe. To describe his level of physical fitness, he sounds like an old English gentleman who considers himself somewhat of an athlete. I think that is spot
3: on. It ain't bragging if you can back it up.
2: <laughs> That's such a good description. All right, have you played since you won the, your your level? Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Your yeah, my level? division. Division. Yeah. I division. played Sunday.
1: Played one round. I played... Two rounds Tuesday, and I played a round yesterday. Damn! Yeah, I slaughtered a buddy of mine on Tuesday. Neg eleven to even. Okay, I crushed the course. That was a career. Is record. that in Pearl? No, this was at, at the Reservoir in Brandon. Got that it. was that was my career. Actually, that was a uh, my previous best on that course was ten down, so I shot eleven down. Uh, on Tuesday, which eleven was nice. down. Yes, yeah, is that good. your best ever? on that course? Yeah, it's okay. my best ever. Yeah.
2: Duke is on the Ag Up Equipment text line. He says, uh, "I challenge Blake to a foot race. I'm 41 and out of shape. Well, here's the question: Are we going? I need Duke to go a little bit more of a distance. Correct. I need height and weight.
1: Yeah. Are we going distance or speed? Because I've never let's as, find out. As if my, he wants
2: to go endurance.
1: Yeah. As my youth baseball coaches used to say, I run like a man with cement feet. Yeah. But what I, can see that. What
2: I was never
1: accused of I had of, a buddy named Malcolm that I grew up with and he ran on his heels. Okay, I don't do that. Okay. But what here's the thing? I could run for days. That's what you don't get. That's where I say sleeper build. I've stamina for days. Like I used to never I didn't run track like long track, but I did run cross country. I can just I can just go. You ran cross country? I did in, in junior high yeah true story
2: that sounds terrible oh it was awful
1: i hated it yeah um our cross-country coach went to college with peyton manning at tennessee really yeah that was his claim to fame it's a whole different story anyway i have sleeper can you imagine how long you walk around claiming that yeah i've he wasn't he wasn't a peyton fan he actually hated him this is the whole thing okay uh i have a sleeper build though that's what i'm saying like i'm more athletic than you think because i i don't tire out easily i just keep going and going which I know seems counterintuitive, but it's true. Like the energizer really? body. Yeah, no. Seriously. In, in basketball, I used to play pickup basketball for like six hours a day in college. Well, I just keep playing and playing. Everybody play. could do that. You say that, but there'd be people over there huffing and puffing, and I just keep getting like I'm not fast, but I, I I'm long lasting.
2: Uh okay. I'm a jawbreaker There's another slogan Yeah, I'm
1: a a jawbreaker, man I don't go way long I'm there forever You're
2: there forever That's right Duke says he's 6'3", 245
1: Yeah, like I think I could beat him either way In a foot race Speed or distance Do you think Out of Bounds should sponsor a golf tournament? It's fun Yes, actually That's a whole other discussion Um, I challenged Fred Smoot to a foot race But he didn't race me when he was here Yeah,
2: he was going to go backwards
1: Yeah, in dress shoes Good lord I'd have still beaten him that would have been funny, though, if he'd have beat you. God, he would have, actually. In reality, I mean, he would have whipped how, me.
2: Think about how much he trained backpedaling from, from uh, Pro-Von to Hans Community College to Mississippi State to the Washington He's Redskins. He's also still the in Minnesota shape. Valley. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he is still in shape. Good Lord. Uh, Steve Palazzolo coming up next. We'll see if Steve plays disc golf. He made it to AAA with the San Francisco Giants.
0: Chumbacasino.com Jumba. No uh, purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Before we get to... Dak Prescott's incredible performance, and he carried the Dallas Cowboys again. We have to ask uh, Steve Palazzolo some other questions. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, Drago's Seafood Restaurant and Oyster Bar is now open for lunch. Char-grilled oysters. Um, amazing gumbo, catfish po' boy. I'm not even sure that Palazzolo's had a, a real catfish po' boy. Um, if he hasn't. We definitely need to get that man one. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider, PFF.com. He joins us on the Patron Tequila Guest Line. Steve, last week, uh, Blake Scott played in a disc golf tournament and won his division. And that's all we've heard about all week. Have Have you ever played disc golf?
3: I have not. Okay.
2: Have you ever... I mean, do you know about it? Have you heard of it?
3: No, I, I, no, I, I know very little about it. I know you can bet on it and stuff now.
2: But, uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever
3: thought about playing around? No, man. I'm just trying to take care of my four kids every single day. I'm that's right. That.
2: I know you're you're borderline <laughs> basket. You're almost to that basketball team. Are y'all going to go ahead and round that out? With number five? Four
3: kids. that's my life right now.
2: Okay. Uh, you you've got four kids. What's the oldest? Uh, seven.
3: Are you serious? That, yeah, seven, six, four, and two.
2: Man, you really are hanging on. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right, four under seven. Incredible. Reminds me of my friend uh, Michael Berner. He was, uh, he's part of the architecture firm that, that uh, designed Duty Noble Field. Uh, I saw him in the airport with all four of them uh, when we were coming out of Tampa from the bowl game. Yeah, I should have videoed the whole thing. I, it would have gone viral. So let's talk Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Real quick, let's hit on last weekend before we get into the 49ers. He was coming off his worst game of his career, and Dallas didn't play good overall. Uh, how did PFF grade Dak last weekend against Tampa Bay?
3: Graded him really well. I mean, he was, this might have been his best game of a season, not just throw for throw, which is what we do. Um, but, you know, obviously the entire offense, you know, the fact that they scored, I mean, it had to be an NFL record, five touchdowns to score 31 points. That's uh, that's pretty special with uh, the missed extra points there. But, yeah, they, they made key plays when they needed to. Uh, the great Mike McCarthy was aggressive on fourth and three instead of taking the field goal opportunity, which, of course, you know, probably helped that his kicker, you know, helped the decision that his kicker wasn't kicking anything well that day, missing everything. Uh, but that aggressive move led to the, the, coverage buff touchdown only Dak could make that throw on the coverage bust on fourth and throw only he could make that for the touchdown but now overall I, I thought Dak was was very good good decision making and like I don't know how you guys live in this Cowboys media world as Dak Prescott fans like there is just no there's just no logic well they to don't anything the right?
2: media doesn't like him uh the net na- however you want to describe national media but They don't like him i don't know why i don't know if it's because of the star and the cowboys but there there's just a lot of people in the media that don't like him even though he really hasn't done anything except carry jason garrett who was a an you know below average coach Uh, a lot of jerry's bad decisions romo did the same thing and, and, and people didn't, really didn't like Romo. So what do you think you're in the, you're with either the top web website or one of the top websites in the country on the most popular sport in North America. What do you think it is? As far as some of this, he just can't, he can't win people over regardless of what he does.
3: Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is just the standard of the Cowboys quarterback, right? I mean, it's uh, Romo dealt with this too, I think, for a lot of his career, where he was Romo was like the most overrated and underrated quarterback, depending on who you talk to. Um, and it's essentially because you're, you're being stacked up against not that Aikman was great, but you're just being stacked up against a quarterback that won championships or a team that won championships. And until you do that, it's like, well, you're just not doing enough, but then the underlying metrics are probably pretty good for guys like Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, which they are. I mean, the, the nuance to the Dak thing is leading the league in interceptions was unlucky, right? It wasn't bad decision-making or anything until week 18, where he was absolutely terrible against the commanders. That was real, you know? Like, we were defending him all week about the interception stuff, and then he kept throwing the ball to the defense, and He somehow only came away with one pick. But regardless, like, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I, I don't think Dak has had his best season. But he's absolutely capable of what he did last week against the Bucs, which is playing a clean game, getting the ball to his playmakers, making clutch throws, using his legs. He's capable of all that stuff. So, again, the truth is somewhere in between. The, The interceptions are overblown because, like, throwing a pick six in overtime on a drop, like, that's not on deck. Like, don't even talk about that play. Don't even lump that in. And people can't separate bad luck with this stat, which happens to be, interceptions this
2: season. Okay, how do we balance that, Steve? Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Out of Bounds show. You mentioned the picks, and, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Even 10 years ago, much less 30 years ago, quarterbacks were not throwing the ball as much. There weren't as many reps in a game, plays in a game. So, I mean, Troy Aitman, and I know... Not ready to say Dak or Romo or Troy, although I Don't think Troy benefited Don't from a defense and Emmett. Think about how much they ran the football and played a ball control offense and didn't, you know, air it out so to speak. How do y'all balance that, Steve?
3: I mean, look, we we balance it by grading every single play, right? So interceptions for us, the the the, the process gets graded. So something like. Dak in overtime where he throws a ball that should be caught for a first down and it gets tipped up for, an, for a pick six. That's not his fault. Like, it's not on him. Now, there are other plays. I thought the Indianapolis game where they crushed the Colts in the fourth quarter, Dak got away with two passes that should have been picked. So what you, what you should do is just add proper context to every play. Okay, we do at PFF. And then say, okay, well, Josh Allen has a ridiculous number of turnovers this year, turnover-worthy plays and actual turnovers. But it doesn't matter because he has, for us, like twice as many big-time throws as anyone else. And he offsets them by just making special plays that, that add value. So every play matters. Um, the other context here is, you know, Zach Prescott tied for fourteenth in uh, turnover-worthy plays, which is high. I mean, it's not great, but it shouldn't lead the league in interceptions, right? Like there's a disconnect there between, you know, is Zach taking care of the ball relative to the rest of the league? He's middle of the pack. Should he be leading the league in interceptions? Absolutely not. That's crazy. So you just need people to use logic instead of saying, hey, look at these 15 plays. Let's define Dak Prescott's season by 15 plays when the Cowboys actually have one of the most efficient offenses in the league despite those interceptions. So you just have to look at everything and not just try to create a narrative out of one stat. I mean, I'd say it the other way, too. There was a year Patrick Mahomes had one interception like more than halfway into the season. And he had such unbelievable luck that year that you can't say he was taking good care of the ball just because he had one pick, like just use some logic and watch the plays and quantify it or use PFF to help you quantify it.
2: Um, Speaking of being efficient, they've got a kicker who can't hit a PAT. He, He got the yips. What, what is your take? What is PFF's approach on this? You flush it, you ride with him this weekend out in San Francisco, where are you on that?
3: Oh, man, I, I don't think PFF has a take on this. I don't know what to do with this. I mean, look, if you go into the game and you say, we're going to go for two every time, you know th- there is a viable strategy that says, if your offense is good, you you might be better over time doing that, right? If, if you land at 50% and offset, if you can get over 50% conversion rate, all of a sudden you're adding more value to value the offense. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I mean, they'll have to assess them in practice. I know there's a difference between practice and a game, but the yips the yips will show up everywhere, you know. So maybe it's easier for Maha to hit a 45-yard field goal. That could be the case. Uh, but you could go into the game, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you said, guess what, we're going for it. I mean, we're just going to be aggressive on fourth downs. Unless it's fourth and a mile, we're just going to go for it. We have a good offense that might end up being better for us in the long term. The only time that it gets scary is if you get to a game winning field goal opportunity and you have to rely on him. So I don't know what the answer is. I do know that ticking is one of the most difficult things to predict. The yips in general, any sport, difficult things to predict. You don't know when people are going to come out of it. It's right. Like, you know, Rick Ankiel had to move to outfield. You know, other guys figured it out at some point. So I mean, Mason Crosby of the Packers has had the yips like three different times in his career and he, he kept going right. And wow. all of a sudden he's he got out of it. So. I have I have no good answers for, for the yips in general.
2: Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, on the Patron Tequila Guest Line. Do, with the matchup this weekend, Cowboys and 49ers, uh, Mike Dettelier said that Dak would have to be perfect for them to win, or damn near like last weekend in Tampa. Uh, where Where are you on that, considering how they're kind of built and made up Uh, Over the last 15 or so years, we've had teams run through the playoffs who've been able to lean on other units, world-class, big-time elite, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Giants, and some other teams. Where do you fall on that as far as a path for Dallas to win? Um, Will Dak have to be borderline perfect?
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's perfect. I mean... Look, I think the Niners' defense is challenging. Um, they're certainly going to rush the passer better than the Bucs. They're probably going to cover better than the Bucs. The, the, the Niners do seem to have a coverage bust or two per game that leads to a, you know a random sixty or seventy yard play. If that happens, you gotta you gotta make sure you hit it. You gotta make sure you see it. Um, the windows are tighter. You know they do. They fly around. They play coverage extremely well. They'll press on the outside with Trevarius Lord. So it, it's definitely more challenging. You saw. But you saw it against Seattle, right? There's kind of uh, – they, they turned Geno Smith over a couple times, but he also hit a deep ball to DK Metcalf. So I think plays will be there. Um, so I think it's less about being perfect. Like, I don't care if Dak throws an interception or two if that happens, but you've got to hit the deep shots, right? An interception gets offset by a 50-yard touchdown. So when those opportunities arise, you've got to take advantage of them. And then on the other side, you just – you know, how much do you trust Brock Purdy? You know, we're, only, we're still only seven or eight games in his career. We don't know exactly what you're going to get from him. He can look like a seventh-round rookie at any given time. To this point, he's been impressive, and Kyle Shanahan's been impressive. And those playmakers are so difficult to cover. Um, you know, that side of the ball is going to be the big challenge, too. Can you can you rush Brock Purdy enough to make him make some mistakes? Because he's made some this year, haven't always been capitalized on, but he's made some mistakes, and the Cowboys are going to have to, you know, turn – turn the Niners over a little bit and, um, you know, steal some possessions.
2: What do you think about the Dallas Cowboys' pass rush? I mean, it was good the early in the season and Micah was hot as all get out. But take the whole thing, the last 18 games. H- how good is this pass
3: rush? I mean, they definitely cooled off a little bit down the stretch. We're still talking about one of the league's best. And we're still talking about, for us, it's the number two pass rushing grade in the nfl right behind the eagles so yeah i mean they have to be accounted for michael parsons has to be accounted for you still can't have him one-on-one and the other thing that they do you know dan quinn has done a great job of stunting and twisting and just you know mixing things up up front they've done a great job with that um they've also been pretty healthy with the with all the guys that they rotate there and um you know the guys that they're throwing at the quarterback so i think they'll be fine i think they're good the, the thing that the niners do to mitigate the rush though is you know, misdirection, staying in manageable downs. They're not going to be in second and 13 like the Bucks were the entire time. They, they'll actually offset things with the run a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great back and forth. But I think if they can get those Niners into third and long, you know, the Cowboys have the pass rush to create some issues.
2: Steve Palazzolo, PFF.com on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, the line's for San Francisco. Who do you like and why?
3: Oh man, I, I I generally try not to overreact to wild card weekend. I think that's one of the worst things people can do. And it used to be people would overreact and then these teams would go play the one or the two seed that didn't play and people forgot how good those teams were. Now we have, well, now we get to see the two seed play. Uh, but both teams looked great last week. I'm kind of leaning Dallas. I mean they when you look at what they do, they'll they lay some eggs out there, right? They got some bad weeks. I can't explain week eighteen against Washington, with something to play for. You can't explain that. But the Cowboys' high end is legit. And I still think Dak's a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I would trust him a little bit more. Obviously, I love the Niners' system and what they've done and, and how difficult they are to come in. But I'll take Dallas to figure it out. I mean, the Niners could exploit that number-two corner weakness in Dallas. You know, um, there's there's match There's matchups that go for both teams here, that are in the favor of both teams. But I like... I like Dallas to figure it out and uh, pull the upset, and maybe play uh, play Philly in an epic NFC Championship.
2: Okay, so you guys are going to lose your mind. Yes, no doubt. Um, Blake will have to be medicated. Are you guys going to the
3: Super Bowl? Like, did you already book your tickets? Like, where are? Am I going to see you out there?
2: Is the Super Bowl in Vegas or where? Arizona. Like, oh, it's. I keep getting that mixed I've up. It. It's in Arizona. Okay. Uh, so, if you could hire Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan today. You had your pick between the two as your head coach. Who would you hire
3: Steve Uh Probably Kyle. I think, I, I just think his, his track record of elevating quarterbacks is Insane. so consistent. Yeah, It's over 10 years of it. Right. And my favorite way of doing that is looking at PFF grade, which I do think isolates the quarterback's role versus say something like EPA, you know, expected points added per play, which is a great way of, judging offensive efficiency. And Shanahan's offensive efficiency is always high and he always has quarterbacks who don't grade exactly well in our system. Meaning the other day, right, you throw on third and ten, you throw a five yard pass to Debo Samuel who picks up fifteen. Or you throw a five yard pass to Debo Samuel who picks up seventy four. And part of that is the Niners having great playmakers right now. But also Shanahan's always done this. He's always created these open throws. So I think I would I would lean on that and then figure out the best way to build a defense and all that. And they've done that, right, with D'Amico Ryan's getting a good coordinator in there. So I would go Kyle Shanahan just because of his track record of success offensively.
2: What, all right, let's talk OCDC pairing, Cowboys 49ers. Um, Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan, OCDC pairing at San Fran, versus Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. Who do you like?
3: more? I mean, I, I'll give the Niners the edge. Plus, you know, my buddy, the pass game coordinator in San Francisco, He's Kyle's right hand guy. So, I'll give the Niners the edge there, um, just because they're they're that good. You know, I I, I like Telling Moore, despite what you guys might think. I think Moore's overall done a done a pretty good job. It's absolutely better than what they had a few years ago. You guys should be doing backflips compared to the old regime there. So, I think Tellemore and and I. I I want to give Dan Quinn a ton of credit because there was this point in the league where everybody was running the Seattle cover three system, and when you looked at how those teams played, it was all identical, right? Like everybody who left Seattle would go play cover three 60% of the time and try to replicate what Seattle did with the Legion of Boom and their pass rush, and Dan Quinn did that a little bit in Atlanta, but he's not that guy in Dallas. He has changed. He's evolved with his talent. He's, He's mixed up coverage games. He's, he's leaned on his pass rush because that's their strength. So I, that's the thing I like about what Dan Quinn has done in Dallas. Now, all of that is a challenge because I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to get a head coaching job. Dan Quinn also might. But D'Amico Ryan is probably going to get a head coaching job. And Shanahan, like I said, is probably the best play caller in the league over the last 10, 15 years. So uh, other than maybe Andy Reid. So, yeah, I'll give the Niners the edge. But I do think the Cowboys are well-equipped from a
2: coaching standpoint. Okay. It, it we're visiting with Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro football focus. Uh when I was growing up, it was Cowboys 49ers in you know, in the eighties. Then they kind of lost it, uh, or the Cowboys did, and then they hired Jimmy Johnson and things lined up, and then we got Jimmy Johnson and Seaford and Aikman and Young um after the whole you know, Montana deal in the eighties. Is is your buddy Bobby Bobby Slowick?
3: Bobby Slowick, yeah, yeah. Former PF, yeah. Really? He was at Pro Football Focus? Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, he was uh, in between coaching jobs for two years, and he came and graded games for us, and, and worked for us. And then when Kyle got hired in San Francisco, they brought him back over there. So where was he? There.
2: Where was he before Pro Football Focus?
3: He was with Washington, with with, uh, with the Shanahan's, with, when Mike Shanahan was there. Okay, linebacker coach, and you know various positions along the line. Then moved to the offensive side of the ball.
2: So you're looking at one hell of a chess match this weekend between two guys that grade high. Kyle Shanahan, as you said, what one of the best, if not the best, play caller along with Reed the last 10 to 15 years against Dan Quinn on the defensive side yeah. of football for the Cowboys. That's
3: right. And, and for Shanahan, it's run game and pass game, too. I mean, the, the Christian McCaffrey 68-yard run last week against Seattle, do you remember how gaping that hole was? Yes. I mean, they just, they know uh, leverage, they know math, right? There's fewer blockers over here than Mike Leach special. You know, if, if there's fewer, if there's not enough guys in the box. You run it, um, but they take that to the next level with you know angle blocking and various things that they do in San Francisco. So they just know how to create offense. Yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a great matchup.
2: Yeah, when that hole opened up, I thought, damn, Zeke Elliott could get four yards.
3: <laughs> I, I can't believe he's averaging under two yards per carry on like his last forty carries. I know a lot of them are goal line carries, but man, yeah, he's not, he's not going anywhere. They need to stick with Pollard.
2: <laughs> that's it under- I agree with you though uh, Steve Palazzolo pro football focus okay we've only got a minute or two here so let's let's uh, wrap it up with another big one right before that game and I love two two o'clock kicks three o'clock your time uh, Bengals Bills uh, Burrow and Josh Allen two super studs you know in their 20s uh, the line's five and a half is that too many how do you see this one Steve wow is it that
3: high I haven't seen it that- that- that's uh Yeah, I mean, the Bengals are just like a big-game team. I think they could pull it off. Their O-line does concern me. So I'll take the the Bills in this one. Maybe not the cover, but I'll say the Bills win. I thought we were going to see that epic Monday night game before the unfortunate Demar Hamlin incident. But, um, yeah, I'll take the Bills, and uh, we'll probably see Bills Chiefs in Atlanta, which is stupid.
2: (laughs) What what about Uh, Giants-Eagles? Jalen, we don't hurt. You know, he hadn't played much down the stretch. Daniel Jones... Uh man, he can run, boy. John Mara is looking like a prophet. What he said last year: "We ruined this kid for several years. Let's give him one more chance." Granted, Dayball has done an amazing job. Uh, Are you going Eagles big, or do you think Giants can give him a run for their money into the fourth quarter?
3: I mean, I think the Giants can keep it close, but the Eagles are just a better team. And like I said, the, one of the biggest mistakes I think we make is overreacting to the last thing we saw. We okay. just saw an impressive game against the Giants against a bad Vikings defense. The Eagles sat at home. They're still the much better team across the board. As long as Jalen Hurts is not hurt like he was in Week 18 against the Giants, the Eagles should should win this one.
2: Okay. I, I do need to call you out a little bit here for a second if you're okay with no. uh Yeah. All right. So you just did like 20 minutes on Cowboys 49ers, and it was awesome. And and our, you guys. This, cr- this crew will be locked in for, for Dak and, and so on. People will be rooting for him, against him, whatever. Uh, it'll win the day in the ratings and all that. And it'll drive Monday morning. He'll either be good or terrible. Um, but I do your pick is interesting because San Francisco has the better head coach, slightly. They had the better offensive play caller and one of the best in the leagues, according to you and I agree, the last decade plus. And their O C D C pairing is slightly better than the Cowboys, and the game is at home. And you picked Dallas by a few that's that's interesting to me. My man. I did it for you guys. Oh, I okay. Guys, All I, right, cool. I want,
3: well, I, I love you. I want to see you guys. I'm going to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks, and I want you guys to be so excited. You're coming out to watch Dak in the Super Bowl. Got it.
1: Got you it. Know.
3: I love it. Cowboys Bills rematch. It's hey, great.
2: I can't wait to, to watch Kellen Moore give Zeke Elliott the ball 12 times for 22 yards. So um, <laughs> it's going to be great. I, I do think this weekend is going to be unbelievable, and uh, I think we'll get at least two really good games, maybe three. Uh, Be good, Steve Palazzolo. Take care, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider, pff.com. He joined us on the Patron Añejo guest line. That is delicious juice. Uh, Tried it. Briarwood Wine and Spirits has it. Your local wine and spirit shop. Call for it. at your favorite restaurant and or bar. Patron Añejo Tequila.